Famed coaches, national champions, lottery picks, the best minds in basketball. Welcome into the sidelines with Evan Daniels. What's up, college basketball fans? Welcome back into the sidelines podcast. I'm your host, Evan Daniels, college basketball insider over at FS1 as well as the Director of Basketball Recruiting at 24-7 Sports. Today's episode is the 60th episode of the Sidelines Podcast, and I'm doing a, a second episode this week as we are in the midst of conference tournament season, so I wanted to do a bonus episode. And Today's guest is Virginia head basketball coach Tony Bennett, and Bennett and I Uh, discussed him winning his third ACC title. He did so by four games. Pretty astounding. We discussed the pillars of the Virginia program and also the basic principles in the pack line defense. Before we jump to that interview with Tony Bennett, I want to make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. You can do that over on Apple Podcasts and or your favorite podcast app. Just search for the sidelines with Evan Daniels and hit the subscribe button for me. Another way to support this podcast is to leave a rating and or a review. Would love it if you did that. You can also shoot me a note over on Twitter. Twitter handle is at Evan Daniels. Would love to know what you think about the podcast, any possible recommendations for future guests and or questions. Without further ado, let's jump to that interview with Virginia head basketball coach, Tony Bennett. It's time to go with Evan Daniels. Send it in, big fella. Now let's welcome in Virginia head basketball coach Tony Bennett to the sidelines with Evan Daniels podcast. Coach, how you doing? I'm good, Evan. Thanks for having me on. Of, of course. Now, now, Coach, you're coming off uh, winning the, the ACC championship. This was your third ACC title. How, uh, how special was completing that task? Uh, it was a, a really good regular season. And, you know, we did it with a, a group that probably not many projected to be in this spot because of well, the inexperience and uncertainty, we had some guys that, you know, were red shirts coming in and some new faces, and um, they just really gelled together about as well as I've had a team gel and played at a high level. And, you know, there wasn't – there's a lot of parity in the ACC, and even though our record suggests that there wasn't, um, it certainly – we were in so many close games, and that was, uh, you know, a nice – very nice accomplishment for the guys that obviously worked hard to get it. It's funny you mention um, kind of the preseason polls. They, you know, I know they're virtually pointless, but but this team was was unranked entering the season. You're currently 28 and two. You won the conference by four games. You're on track to be a one seed. Did you have any idea heading into the season that you guys were going to be this good? No, I, I was like everyone else because you lost some guys to transfer, um, and we had some returners in Jack Salt, and then our two seniors. Um, and Devin Hall and Isaiah Wilkins, who terrific players, but, you know, they always were more of our, our glue guys, role players, and, boy, they all really improved. And then the only other returners we had were, you know, guys that had just played a year and good players and Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy, of course, and then a red shirt and DeAndre Hunter, and then a fifth-year graduate transfer. Um, so it was uh, it was a team that, didn't have any double-digit scores returning that we just didn't know. I didn't, but they really worked hard in the offseason. And every one of them, you know, every coach hopes they get better physically in the weight room and they work on their skill development. But they all, to a man, um, really went, took that to task and improved. 
And, you know, I think that all that is, is why they're, you know, have had a successful year. With a guy like DeAndre Hunter, his developmental curve seems to be uh, just taken off. I mean, this guy's getting better at a, a, a really quick rate. What's an upside? What's his upside with a guy like that? For sure. And I didn't mention Mamadi Diakite. Mamadi is a talented player who was, is a second-year guy. But um, DeAndre Hunter, I think when, you know, DeAndre, he redshirted last year, and we didn't plan on him redshirting, but he had sprained his ankle and then, you know, we, we just thought maybe long-term we suggested it to him and let him make that decision. But he's a versatile player that, as he has evolved, at times we'll play him kind of as that in a four-guard lineup as that four-man. And uh, at times he can play, you know, big as a three-guard. Defensively, he allows us to be versatile. He can guard multiple positions. And offensively, he gives us some scoring at the four, whether it's, you know, in some post-ups or drives or stretching it with his outside shot. So to have a a fourth scorer on the floor in that spot, or, you know, a big guard um, who can create some offense has really helped us. And I think his emergence was a catalyst in, you know, us taking another step early in the conference. Tony, if you could use one word to describe your current team, what would it be and then expand on it? I think um, connected. I think that's the word because they, the way they play um, defensively and offensively, they're, they're very reliant on each other. There's very good individual talent, don't get me wrong, but they really play together, and I think they understand that clearly. Like That's our strength is if we can kind of be connected and play with a unity or a oneness that helps them the way they help each other defensively and how it works together. And then even offensively, um, there's no drama on this team. I mean, it's guys are clear in how they have to play and, and rely on each other. And I think it's, they're, they're a, you know, they've been to this point, a real team, in my opinion, I've coached some really good teams and this is, is right up there in terms of how well they play together. I maybe even had a few teams that had maybe more individual, um, at least, you know, talent in terms of, top to bottom but this team has, has really gelled so far at a, at a high high level you know your de- your demeanor on the sidelines is always pretty even keel but from the outside looking in it looks like you're just really having fun and enjoying coaching this group yeah it has been because again they you you got a guy like Isaiah Wilkins who is going to lay it on the line every possession and he's just the consummate team player the same with Devin Hall who I've watched and those guys have been They've been okay with waiting, and and I just that to me this this delayed gratification that they've just worked. They've come into the program almost like I uh, use the example when you come into a business, you come in like as a as a entry level position. They just worked their way up, worked their way up. Now they're in upper level management, and they've had a patience about them, but they lay it on the line and have been trained well by the players before them. And a guy like Jack Salt, those are our three captains who are they're just all about making the team go and they have a uh an other's mindset and they play so hard so i think that's where it starts that leadership and then the other guys it's just a good personality and again they they play the game you know I, I really think they play the right way and and i think they realize hey anybody can beat us but if we're right we can beat anybody and they haven't lost their way in regards to that is there a particular moment that you'd point to as as this team's defining moment there have been a few. Um, I think um, <laughs> that comeback against Louisville was pretty good. Yeah, I thought I thought you might say a that lot of one. Good fortune. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I would say I, I really think um, we played. You know, at West Virginia, we got beat on the road, and um, it was a close game. And I think we realized the value of the possession that was significant. But there have been some nice comebacks. 
We beat Boston College. Ty Jerome had a monster comeback. He just did some big-time things. But I think at Virginia Tech, uh, that was the game where I think DeAndre Hunter really emerged, where we played him a lot as the four, as a four-guard kind of offense, and then some as the three. But he just he took a step in that game and, you know, has been pretty consistent from that point on. And I think that gave us another score on the floor. And, again, as I mentioned, that defensive ability. So I kind of – those are some ones that stand out, and I'm sure there's many more, but right. that's, that's what comes to mind. You know, I've heard of, I've heard a lot about the pillars of the program, and I, I'm curious from your point of view where they kind of came from and, and what exactly they mean. Yeah, they're, um, I'd say about 35 years ago my father established them, and he just wanted to find a way. You know, you've heard of John Wooden's Pyramid of Success, and I guess they're just five principles, and, and the backstory on it is, is really cool in my opinion. My dad somehow, he was a person of faith, and he wanted somehow his faith to play out in his vocation as a basketball coach. He really, he studied the Bible, Scripture for, he just thought, what are some principles, or we call them pillars, um, that would make a great basketball team? And, and he went through, and there, you know, there's the teachings of Christ, and whether you believe that or not, there's still tried and true principles that have stood the test of time, and it's humility is the first one, and just kind of an idea of, not thinking too highly of yourself, nor too lowly, but knowing who you are, your identity as, a, as an individual player and as a team, and then passion, unity, servanthood, and thankfulness. You know, each one has a specific role in, in you know, your team, and they're really, they're not just lip service. They're the foundation of our program, and I just love them because I think they're about playing good basketball, but they obviously have life lessons, and, and they're, they're really important to our program. So I, I'm just so thankful that he established those, and um, again, they've been with us, and some other teams use them too. And I think they're um, they're the intangibles that that have helped us in a lot of ways. It's obvious that you recruit a certain type of of person and player into your program, a guy that fits into your culture. When, when you sit down in a living room and you're sitting across from a recruit, what's the message that you want to get across to that player? Well, I don't message. I, this is an interesting one, and, and it has to do with the pillar of unity. And I, I heard my father say this when he took the job came out of retirement at Washington State, he said, I have to recruit a player and hire a staff that I can lose with first before I win. He said, because even when you're successful, you're going to go through adversity. He said, but if I have the kind of players that I know I can lose with, go through adversity, go through tough losses, and they'll learn from that and they'll stay together and stay patient and grow from it, we're going to be successful eventually. So, you know, in my own mind and with our staff, it kind of starts with, all right, am I recruiting a young man that I can go through some adversity with and I know they're going to stick with it? They're going to, you can lose them. And it sounds like a funny thing. And even it's this family. And of course, you're not always going to get it right, but that matters. And I think you just want, you want those guys that have character. You can't, you can't take a shortcut on character if you want to have lasting success or quality in your program. So we really try to adhere to those things. And then, you know, it gets into, okay, what need do you have? You want someone who, I love complete guards, guards that can play the game, they can put it on the floor, they handle the ball, they can shoot it, pass it. And, um, you know, you obviously they have to have a willingness to want to defend, but, but I love completeness. You know, interior guys, I, just, I like complete players that really want to be, you know, part of something special. And, um, and you know, what's been great is there's those guys that have, there's room for great individual success as we're seeing guys go on to have some NBA careers and, and do well. So those are kind of some of the, the things we start with. But I think it's, you don't want to move past that quickly because you can end up 
losing a lot. And in today's culture, you know, transfers are part of it, sometimes for good reasons, sometimes for not. But the better you can have a team stick together, they're just going to get better. And if you're always fighting losing guys, which we have in the past, um, you know, that, that makes it harder to build the program. Knowing you, I think you could talk about this topic for uh, for uh, quite a long time. But among the things that you're known <laughs> for is – you know the terrific defense that your team plays year in and year out. It's not a, it's not a just this year team. It's every year, uh, and obviously the the defense that you run is very intricate. But if you can put into words, maybe for the everyday fan, what, what are some of the basic principles of the pack line defense that that you instill in your team? Yeah, I mean it's not that complicated, and a lot of people do it. It's just a containment defense that really does rely on your your help and your teams. You try to be good on the ball and. The other guys are in more of a help position in the gaps. We call it the pack line. Um, it's just being, being in, you know, we build a wall wherever the ball is. And so much today, Evan, even though we talk about whether you, you run an extended defense, a pack defense, all that, I think so much of today is about ball screen defense because, right. you know, most teams run 60 to 80% are ball screens. And how you defend the ball screen and your philosophy or systems on that and, and philosophies on that, I think are so important, but, but, you know, you, you need guys obviously to be in a help mindset in terms of this pack defense. So it's, it's about being, you know, um, in the gaps and, and not really extending, but still being disciplined. As impressive as you all have been this year from a defensive standpoint, from the outside looking in, I mean, you've got some really good offensive weapons on the perimeter, whether it's, you know, Kyle Guy or Devin Hall, who's really improved as a shooter, or Ty Jerome. Is this, uh, from your standpoint, one of your better offensive groups? It's, that's an interesting question because, you know, they're efficient and um, they're complete. I mentioned that, but, you know, I had Malcolm Brogdon and Joe Harris and Justin Anderson and London Perantes and Anthony Gill on the interior, Mike Toby. So we've, we've had some, some teams that maybe have had a little more top to bottom and inside offense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this group is, is very diversified. And again, because they, they really play together well and there's chemistry, they're definitely one of them. Um, and I think you see that in Ty and Kyle and Devin on the perimeter. Um, sometimes the under the perimeter, if we play in four, there's, there's completeness there. And, and we got some terrific, you know, the, the interior guys, they really – they get on the glass, they screen, and they, they really are serving in their roles. And then, you know, as they evolve, they're starting to score some inside, you know, when you get that inside-outside approach. So in some ways it's, it is, but uh, I think maybe we've had a little more balance over other years. You mentioned Malcolm Brogdon. Did you have any idea he, he could be this good? Oh, man, what a, what a story. You talk about an ambassador for, for all that's right in college basketball. Right. Um, he. He is just – he's gotten better and better. Like Devin Hall is a fifth-year guy. Devin, same thing, improved and gotten better. Malcolm just, you know, defensively, he's so strong and he's so complete and what a career he's had. So I think that's been good. And, you know, back to what you asked, this year's team, you know, those three guys can really get it rolling shooting the ball. Um, so it's, it's a real – you know, they, they've got that going. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of in my mind thinking that it's, it's – there's some differences from some of the other teams, but – um, but it is a complete team, and yes, Malcolm is a great story, and he's he's sitting out right now with an injury. Hopefully, he gets back, and they're in a good spot for the playoffs. Coach, one thing I uh, I like to ask everybody that comes on my podcast: if you weren't coaching basketball, what would you be doing with your life? Hmm. Good question. I um I never thought I was going to coach basketball because I watched my father and sister do it. I'm like, you got to be nuts to coach. I thought I'd <laughs> play for ten years in the NBA and I'd retire and do something else. 
I was always intrigued by being a guidance counselor. You know, I, was, I love that. And when I grew up, our guidance counselors was a big part. Something to do with just, I, I really enjoy the relationships with people. Um, I, you know, I don't know if I'd be a high up business guy or things like that. Probably, um, I was involved when I played overseas. I was part of a, a church plant. And I love being, my wife was a youth pastor at a church where I, I met her and maybe something involved with the church or something, um, just being with people and helping younger people develop. I, I really enjoy that side of side of things, but, uh, I'm enjoying coaching right now. So hopefully I don't have to worry about that for a while. <laughs> well, coach, I appreciate you taking the time out and I know you guys have some big goals this season. So good luck heading into uh, the conference tournament and the NCAA tournament. I appreciate your time. Thanks a lot, Evan. This is Aaron Rodgers. They're going to air it out. Rodgers does this better than anybody. End zone. Cobb. Touchdown. Unbelievable. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. And you're listening to the sidelines with Evan Daniels. I'd like to once again thank Tony Bennett for taking the time out and jumping on the sidelines podcast. Uh, he's done such a, a tremendous job with that Virginia Cavaliers program. Just won their third ACC title. They're sitting at 28 and two. Their only losses to West Virginia and Virginia Tech, and they've won their last five regular season games. Last week had that come from behind victory over Louisville who they will play again in their first game in the ACC tournament and I think this is one of Tony Bennett's more balanced teams they're obviously very good at defense like they always are if you shoot over to Ken Palm they are number one in adjusted defensive efficiency but they're also pretty good on the offensive end of the floor they shoot the ball uh, really well right around 39 percent clip from the three-point line and they've got some offensive weapons and guys like Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome and Devin Hall who's shooting nearly 45 percent from three and I think the emergence of of a guy like DeAndre Hunter has been really key for that team he's a six foot seven combo forward that's that's long and can impact the game in a variety of ways and you throw in Isaiah Wilkins who's a tremendous defensive player one of the best defensive players in the country it's a pretty well-balanced group so i'm intrigued with this virginia bunch and curious to see how they play in the ncaa tournament before i let you guys go i want to make sure that you are subscribed to the sidelines podcast you can do that over on apple Podcasts and or your favorite podcast app hit the subscribe button for me would also love it if you left a rating or a review you can also shoot me a note over on twitter my twitter handle is at evan daniels thanks for listening and have a great week